0: The following audio is from First Baptist Church of Conyers. More information about First Baptist Conyers is available at firstconyers.com. And happy Father's Day to all the fathers and grandfathers that are here. Singing this morning probably one of the greatest, well, the greatest joy of my life, I think, has uh, been that I've been able to be a father uh, now to two adult children and three grandchildren. And it is an absolute joy. Can anybody just agree with that and applaud how great of a joy it is to be a father. I want to ask you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Malachi chapter 4. We're going to look at three verses, chapters 4 through 6. And if I could describe this, this particular passage this way, it would be that it really is a gateway from, from the closing of one era uh, to the coming of another era. When we look at it in biblical terms, it's a closing of, of that time of speaking prophets, and for 400 years until uh, Jesus came, there was silence, if you will. And so Malachi prophesied some things looking back at previous times and also looking forward at what was to come. And it's really a bridge in St. Louis. Many of you are familiar with the, the gateway arch that's been built there. And it's commemorating Jefferson uh, Davis, uh, not Jefferson Davis, it's commi- uh, commemorating Thomas Jefferson and his acts involved in, in expanding our territory in the United States, going from the old, if you will, into new territory, and the Dred Scott decision uh, in court where he sued for his, his freedom, and it was a symboli- symbolizing of going from an old and to a new And that's really what Malachi is doing in this passage. Let me read for you as you follow along with me. Malachi chapter 4, beginning in verse 4 through verse 6. Malachi writes, and he says this. He says, Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and the rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with the decree of utter destruction. And what Malachi is calling us to do is to look back and remember the law, the word of the Lord that, that he had given, his instructions, uh, his his nature and character as it's revealed in in the law in the scriptures. And he's saying, look back at that and now see that in the future I am sending this, this Elijah in, in that day of the Lord, before the coming day of the Lord. And the result of that is that when he comes, he will turn the hearts of the children to their fathers and the hearts of fathers to their children. Now, let me ask this question first. When we look at that phrase that Malachi says, remember the law. What's he talking about? What's he referring back to? Well, I think the best way in context to realize what he is referring back to is when Jesus said in in Luke chapter 17 verse 32, he said, remember Lot's wife. Take your Bible and turn there with me to that passage real quick, if you will. He's calling them uh, to look back, Jesus is, and Malachi is calling us to look back as well. And in looking back, it prepares us for seeing what's to come in the future. The scene that Luke describes for us in Luke chapter 17 is when Jesus was approached by some of the scribes and the Pharisees, and he was asked the question, when will the kingdom of God come? When will God establish his kingdom here on earth? And so, Jesus makes reference back to the days of Noah and, the back to, and back to the days of Lot to describe when the coming of the day of the Lord will be. And He describes the days of Noah in that, that while Noah was building the ark in obedience to God, that there was a day of judgment that was coming on the earth. And during Noah's days, He was He was preaching, the love, the mercy, and the graces of God, but, but they carried on with life, not having any sense that there was a day coming of judgment. And they're carrying on, they're marrying, they're doing all the normal things in life. And Jesus says, so it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming, the great day of the Lord when Jesus returns. In other words, life would just carry on, and and folks would just be going about their, their business and their usual forms of life, and the day of the Lord will come. And then he uses the illustration of Lot's wife. If you remember the city of Sodom, and God had, had prophesied that there would be destruction that would come to the city of Sodom, and and, and Lot leaves with his family, but it was Lot's wife who turned around to look back at the city and all that it symbolized and the, and the world system, if you will, and she turned and she became a pillar of salt. And Jesus says this in, in this passage. He says, remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you, in that night there will be two in one bed. One will be taken away And the other will be left. And here Jesus is saying, listen, if you want to know when the kingdom of God is coming, remember Lot's wife. In Malachi, the the question was what does the word of the Lord mean? Well, what it means is that the word of the Lord is a warning, if you will, or a preparation for that coming day of the Lord. Look what he says here. He says, remember the law of Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all of Israel. So the question is, when is the kingdom of God coming? And Jesus says, remember Noah, remember the days of Lot. And the lesson that that you learn from that past history, learn from it now. And Jesus in his mercy was saying, so as it was in those days, so it will be at the coming of the Lord again on that very day. Remembrance is a powerful thing. Uh, I think it's the word remember is used some 253 times in Scripture. Um, I used to get irritated at my dad when I was growing up because it seemed like even to the age of 40 when I was going to use a chainsaw, he would have to remind me how to use it safely. Uh, and he was reminding me over and over. Why was he reminding me? Because he loved me, he cared for me, and he did not want me to be harmed. And that's a perfect illustration to use in in remembering the law of the Lord, remembering the promises of the Lord, remembering that his day is coming. There is a coming day. Uh, so we don't want to forget what happened there. This past Wednesday, I think it was uh, on the anniversary of my dad's passing. It had been five years on that day My son Noah and I went out to my dad's graveside, and and I do that as an annual thing every year. Uh, Not to worship the dead. I know where dad is. Dad's in in heaven with Jesus. But to remember my dad and, and be reminded of those things that were instilled in me by my father. And as we were standing there, I just voiced a prayer to the Lord. I said, God, thank you for my dad because he taught me how to love you. God, I thank you for my dad because he taught me how to love my wife. God, thank you for my dad because he taught me how to love my children. God, thank you for my dad because he taught me how to love all people. And there was a remembrance there. Remembrance is a very powerful thing. That's why God says it over and over and over in Scripture. Remember. And he says, remember the law of Moses, the word of God. It reminds me of what God said uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 when He was instructing us in His Word as parents, as fathers, as grandfathers, He said this. He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart you shall teach them diligently to your children. Now, circle that word diligently there in, in your scripture. Fathers, I want to talk to you for just a little bit today. He's telling us, listen, these things that God has communicated to us through his revelation in his word. Take these things and be diligent about teaching them to your children. And then he goes on to say that we're to teach them to our children when we talk to them, when we sit in our house, when we walk on the way, and when we lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. In other words, he's saying, listen, fathers, communicate... Who God is, His love, His grace, His mercies, His Holiness, all of that to your children. In every which way you go, in everything that you do. But I would like to add to this, not only are we to communicate, but it goes a long way if we're living it as well, right, Dads? Uh my kids can, can hear what I say, but but they will far better pay attention to what I do rather than by what I say. And so it's a reminder to us. I mean, I think about this, uh, and I shared some this week in one of the devotions, that, that as I get older in life, that my eyes are being opened more to how many times the word generation is used in Scripture. And now that I'm a, a white-haired, if I let it grow, or a white-beard guy, I'm recognizing and realizing that, that in this phase of my life, that more of my attention now is going to the next generation. That the church, the body of Christ, you've heard me say this before, is one generation away from extinction. That if we do not, as as an older generation, communicate and do all that we can to foster a love and discipleship in our kids' lives, then no wonder they are leaving the church by droves the moment they go away to college. You see, it's time to focus on that next generation. Now, if you're like me... An old guy. I want everything about me, right? I've done my time. I paid my dues. Now cater to me. But listen, that's so anti-biblical. I can't even. I, I can't even imagine that I once thought that way. But it says, listen, th- it's the next generation that we have got to pour into, so that Christ might be glorified. And so he he pours out here. Uh, this next generation. Now, he looks ahead at what is to come in this same passage in verse 5. He said, remember the law of Moses, and then he says, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Now, here what Malachi is making reference to is what we find described in Revelation chapter 11, where during the tribulation period, during that time, that there will be two witnesses that come. And they proclaim to all of Israel that the day of the Lord is coming. And and they prophesy and they draw men's hearts. But what they declare to them is the mercy of God. That yes, there is a God who is holy and there's a God who's going to judge sin. But he says to them, look, in God's mercy he is proclaiming through Elijah... And the other witness that the great day of the Lord is coming. Now, two things that we, we see in this. Number one is that, is that there is a great victory that's going to come for God. And number two, not only is there going to be victory, but we see in this that God is a, is a merciful God. You remember when Jesus was there in the garden and, and they came to arrest Jesus? They came with their swords, and, and, and they're, they're going to take him by force. And if you remember, Peter draws out his sword, and he cuts off one of the ears of those that had come to arrest Jesus. And Jesus says, none of this, and he puts the ear back on the guy. And Jesus turns to him and says, listen, you're coming, and you're treating me like I'm some robber. And you're going to take me away in change How often I was with you in the temple courts and in the city. Anytime you could have taken me peacefully. And he said, you have your hour now. But I will have my hour at the great coming of the Lord. And so there is that day that is coming, that great hour. For now you have the upper hand. But there's going to come a day when God will pour out his judgment ...on all of the earth. There is that day coming. But in God's mercy, He has extended the call and the invitation that whosoever will, there is a way to avoid that day. And it's not by doing good works. It's not by going to church. It's not by giving a lot of money. It's not by living a good life even. It's squarely through the blood of Jesus as His only provision and atonement for our sins that we trust in that from Him. Let's look now at the last thing. Not only is there a day coming, we see God's vengeance in that. We see God's mercy in that He preserves a generation. But lastly, in this passage, we see the effects of this one that is preaching, Elijah, as he's preaching. Notice he says here that the result of Elijah preaching, the result of Elijah calling men and women to repentance... The result of them proclaiming the good news and God's mercy of sparing them from wrath is that in that He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. If there's ever been a day where this needs to take place, it would be today. Can you say amen to that? A generation that, that seems to be lost and wandering because fathers' hearts have been turned away from their children... Now, I feel much more comfortable about speaking on this on Father's Day than I do to mothers on Mother's Day. Um, But the result of that, well, the father's hearts will be turned to their children. In what ways, then, might we ask, how can our children's hearts be turned from us as fathers? Well, there are a number of things that that come to mind when I think of it, and I look at our culture today and see, and talking to many young kids, how is it that that you feel as though your father's heart has been turned away from you? And one of the common things that I hear most often from kids as they're growing up who have no respect for their father whatsoever is that it seems as though their father feels as though they do not exist, that there's just an ignoring of the children, I made you, now make it on your own. I produced you, now you can go out and fend for yourself. Where, where fathers' hearts are drawn away from their kids and they forget what God had commanded in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Where there's a complete turning away. The second thing that I hear oftentimes from, from kids as I talk to them and their fathers is that their, their fathers are, are harsh And there seems to be no love there whatsoever, no tenderness. Can I say this, dads? It's perfectly okay for us to be tender to our children. Can I say amen to that? Um, I love reaching up to my son and hugging his neck. (laughs) I love reaching down to my daughter and hugging her neck. um, Expressing my love. But the third thing that I hear so often from kids is that my dad does not love my mom. Now, that one really is painful when you think about it. I reflect back on what I was thanking the Lord for in my father the other day, and, and I was fortunate to have an example of a godly man who loved my mother. And she's gone on with the Lord, and I can say this, she's not going to, but she was a handful. <laughs> my dad loved my mother And one of the greatest things, dads, we can do for our children to keep our children from turning our hearts from us is that we treat their mother like a queen. Can any wives say amen to that? (laughs) Yeah. That we love them. The greatest way to a child's heart is to love their mother, I think. The next thing I hear oftentimes as I talk to kids is that there seems to be a hypocritical lifestyle in their father, particularly in the church. Uh, that there's one face in, the, in public and company in the church, and there's a completely different face at home. And while we might profess to be Christ followers in the church or even in the community, that when we, get, when we close the garage door and behind the doors of our home that we're living a completely different life to our kids one kid recently that i was talking to um had had mentioned to me that they just wish once they could hear their dad say i was wrong (laughs) dads how many of us have been perfect dads let me see your hand none of us have i think one of the most valuable things we can do as a father is to admit when we are wrong that's so against our nature Because, daggummit, I did not turn left when I should have turned right. I will swear it's the GPS that I'm following. And dads, we have all made mistakes. None of us are perfect as fathers, nor will we be perfect as fathers. And our kids recognize that. They see that. And how valuable it is to say to our kids, kids, dad was wrong. Or maybe kids, I reacted, I responded. What you did was boneheaded and stupid, and you're still going to get a spanking for it. But the way that I, the way that I responded and reacted was, was wrong. That our kids might hear us say, I didn't intend to, but I'm sorry. You may be a dad here, you may be a dad listening today, and you've been separated from your children with very little relationship through the years because your pride won't let you pick up the phone and say, hey, buddy, hey, baby, I was wrong. Will you forgive daddy? There's power in that. It'll turn a kid's heart in a heartbeat to admit fault. One other piece of advice that I would give to dads is is to learn to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Slow to speak and quick to listen. Uh, My opinion means a lot to me. but it doesn't mean anything else to anybody else right and i don't always have to express my opinion especially if the opinion of my son or my daughter is different than mine is but to learn to be slow in speech and quick to listen to hear their hearts one of the things that this current generation expresses most often is 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 they just want Adults in their life. They want fathers. They want mothers. They want the previous generation just to be real and honest and transparent with them. You see, it opens up a heart. Does it open up your heart when someone listens to you? It does. And it opens our children's hearts as well. You know, I was fortunate to, um, to have a father that I had a great relationship with who loved me, and I knew that he loved me, and I knew that he lived a life that exemplified what it meant when he proclaimed to be a man who follows after Jesus. And I know not everybody had that experience, but I was very fortunate. The other thing I was fortunate in was that in my dad's last week of his life, I was able to share everything in my heart that I had towards my dad with him and he was able to share everything with me that he had in his heart towards me. Very fortunate to have that. And my encouragement to you dads would be this this morning. Say it today because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. My, my encouragement to sons and daughters would be say it today because you may not have tomorrow. Malachi says, remember the law of the Lord. Remember God's Word. Hide it in your hearts. Teach it to your children. And he says, look, there is a day that is coming, but in God's mercy, he's going to, asc- he's going to send Elijah and another prophet, another spokesperson who will come to turn hearts, giving an opportunity of repentance before that final day of destruction, the day of the Lord. And the result and consequence will be that father's hearts will be turned to their children and children's hearts will be turned to their father. May we not wait until that time, but today, that our hearts would be turned to him. I want to ask the worship team to come and lead us in the closing song this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and grace. God, we thank you for your word, God, that you have so graciously given to us God that expresses your nature and your character God yes it it, we see and recognize that you are a holy God and that you're a just God but God we also recognize Lord that you are a merciful God and that you are a God of grace Lord we thank you that God by the Holy Spirit you have drawn us to yourself, God, that we've recognized, Lord, that we've been able to see that, Lord, no matter how good we try to be, God, it just doesn't meet your righteous requirements. Lord, we thank you that so you sent your son, Jesus, that, God, he would suffer at the hands of sinful man and shed his blood as a means for the forgiveness of our sin. Lord, that he rose on the third day and he defeated death And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are coming back again. Lord, we look forward to that day. But God, we thank you that in your mercy, God, you've allowed time that whosoever will, God, would respond and place their trust in the shed blood of Jesus as a forgiveness of their sin. God, we pray right now that, Lord, the Holy Spirit would brick hearts and draw hearts that are hard to you, O oh God. Soften our hearts, God. Father, we pray that, Lord, you would not only turn our hearts towards our kids, but God, you'd turn our hearts to you. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Conyers, located in Conyers, Georgia. For more information about First Baptist Conyers, please visit us online at firstconyers.com.